We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Week 7 fed us some and of the most incredible catches that we will see all season long. Maybe that we will see in a multitude of seasons. This had some just stuff that we have to get into and have to discuss. I, I loved some of these highlights. And some of them coming from people who maybe are they are definitely less heralded. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the incidents. And I guess some of it will be mayhem. Some of it will be just disappointing play from the week. We're going to talk about all that on this edition of Road of His Overtime as I'm joined by Eric Hove once again. If you did have a chance to listen to our instant reactions on Monday, Eric joined me then. He's joining me here again, writer up on rotavis.com. Somebody Sean name drops on the show from time to time with some of their in-season league management thoughts, conversations. Something I love that Sean does is having teams with other people that's not just me because sometimes if it's just me and him, there's you get into that group think and uh, i think having more people in that conversation helps with some of the decisions for building rosters for roster management for roster construction and that's what we're always trying to advise and, and give information here on road of his ot so eric is on twitter at eric hove two eric i can't wait to talk about some of these plays i think it's going to get us excited and I, i'm hoping it's going to get the the listeners excited to almost reminisce about plays that happened in the the last 48 hours that sounds great, man. There's been, uh, yeah, some wonderful catches. And uh, like you said, from uh, some players that uh, we don't often talk about. So it'll be good to good to get to them. Yeah. And, and some of them we talk about a lot. Some of them we don't talk about at all. And we're going to start with one that we talk about quite a bit. We didn't talk about a huge amount in the offseason until the final couple of weeks where the, the hype really started to build up around Puka Nakua. He was somebody who, in you know, the time where Cooper Cup picks up the injury is going to be put on IR. People are like, well, maybe, the, you know, the targets kind of have to go somewhere in this offense. But I don't think even the biggest, you know, truthers, the biggest supporters of, of Puka coming out of college, I don't think they could ever have envisioned what was going to happen as they, they moved in here to start the NFL season. And then, you know, the next part of it was, well, you know, you get four weeks of work out of him, but then it's going to be a case that you have a situation where, you know, we get cooper cup back healthy and then you're in you're back to square one at your wide receiver position and that just has not been the case at all we get a game here where cooper cup has seven targets two for 29 so they'd be disappointed managers out there that would have had him in the lineup but puka 12 targets so five targets more than cup eight receptions 154 yards including one of the most spectacular 
grabs to get his second foot down that you're going to see all year and it's actually going to be beaten in the next game that we talk about but for now the highlight play off the weekend oh yeah 100 i mean yeah puka is just a dude i mean it's it's uh you know only been seven weeks but he has certainly proven that he uh is you know just an elite wide receiver and uh uh, it's hard to imagine saying this with somebody with uh, alongside Cooper Cup, but it's a it's a true one A one B situation. So um, he, I think I've uh, seen like over the last three weeks since Cup's been back, uh, the two of them have basically combined to average a seventy percent uh, target share. Uh, so not too not too shabby there. So uh, if you have either uh, of those guys, they're obviously uh, must starts. And um, yeah, Cup had a down game uh, today, but I have to imagine he'll uh, bounce back and, and have more of his uh, kind of easy 20-point outings uh, going forward. But but yeah, Puka, um, I mean, just multiple catches. I mean, the, the one highlight catch was uh, kind of down the left uh, sideline. Um, again, just acrobatic, turning in the air, uh, toe tap, um, really vintage uh, Cooper Cup. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, you know, alongside the, you know, kind of savvy route running and the um, catchability, I mean, he he's he's great uh, after the catch as well. I mean, he uh, is kind of surprisingly uh, big from what I kind of uh, pictured him in my mind. So he uh, will certainly bowl some folks over and get downhill. So he's, yeah, full package and uh, fully uh, um, a part of the the Rams' plans. Yeah, I'd say to Puka, this was a pretty ugly game, I think, in general for Los Angeles. Stafford is 231 passing yards, but... He's sub 50% completion, 14 of 29, one touchdown, one interception. Running game was split between Royce Freeman and Darrell Henderson. Henderson getting the carry into the end zone. Pretty balanced between the two of them, 66 yards to 61, uh, 12 carries to Freeman to the 18 for Henderson. Then Henderson gets two targets, one reception, and the passing game, nothing in the passing game for Freeman. On the other side, you know, Kenny Pickett, I thought played this game pretty well but the numbers obviously aren't going to do a lot if you had him i think if anyone's playing him at this point it's in a best ball format where he's going to be slotted and if he puts up the points but 230 passing yards no touchdowns no interceptions both touchdowns for the Steelers going to the running backs we get Najee harris with one we get jillian warren with one harris gets 14 uh, carries to the six of warren warren looks like he is shot out of a cannon versus Najee harris and what he's doing but harris did have one run of 10 yards longest for warren in this game was the 13 yards to the end zone but uh yeah between, <sighs> between warren and uh Najee, I, like i don't know i don't know if like the guys just like warren better but like every time warren's in and runs the ball like it just seems like there's a great hole it seems like you know everybody's uh doing their job whenever Najee's in it just seems like absolute chaos uh so i, I don't know if he just uh has has the worst luck in the nfl or or if there's uh, some signal there, but uh, it, it truly looks like a different uh, offense when uh, either one of them's on the field. Um, and then- I would agree with that. And the other part then, maybe maybe the coaches like Najee more, maybe the players like, is that the <laughs> narrative we're going to? Uh, the <laughs> players like Warren, but the coaches like Harris, and that's why it's split this way? Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. But it, it truly is like, you know, you feel like you're watching two different teams uh, when either of them are are out there. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I do uh, want to go back to the Rams real quick on the on the backfield. Uh, I I bid way too much money on uh, Zach Evans this week uh, in one league. <laughs> I, I'm a Zach Evans uh, believer, uh, truther. Um, I have yeah, a lot of basketball uh, shares yes, that I was, I was gonna quite say, happy Sean about. And I, <laughs> certainly have some uh some back evans uh best ball shares i still i still got a light on for him uh it's obviously yep. not uh not looking great uh when they signed daryl henderson off the street and he's uh he's the starter um but uh but yeah that one was uh disappointing for me for sure 
yeah i would agree with that uh, you know sometimes when these things happen you try and you know clear it out of your mind that it's not there and um, that was kind of what i i think i had done <laughs> over the last 24 hours with my feelings on, on zach evans but yeah that was disappointing but again long long way to go sometimes these things work out in the end but but maybe not on this occasion the other thing i was going to mention just with the steelers i mentioned pickett with the 230 passing yards but again like you were talking about with some of the other teams in particular in this example with the rams the concentration of targets to the wide receivers for example but this was a game where pat firemouth is now on ir so he is out and in this particular one you know we get deontay johnson back he gets six targets eight targets to george pickens both of them with five receptions 107 yards for pickens 79 yards for johnson good to see johnson back out there both of them had receptions of more than 30 yards in this game so i guess the positive coming out of it from the staters from a reality is they won the game uh, very positive for them but from a fantasy perspective pickett was able to support both wide receivers in this game so i'm interested to see how that plays out moving forward going to put you on the spot though if you could pick one of those two wide receivers to have for the remainder of the season which would you rather you know, going into this game, I might have said uh, Deontay. Are you talking about Deontay and Pickens, right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I think I would have said Deontay, but after today's game, I mean, uh, you know, Pickens looks great. I mean, he obviously uh, has always flashed down the sideline, just amazing catches. Um, you know, historically, they seem to have pigeonholed him into that role, which is uh, a little dicey for fantasy to be counting on these, you know, 30-yard uh, bombs right at the, the sideline. Uh, but Pickens seems to be getting uh, some more kind of deep crossers uh, every game. So, like, every game I see one or two plays of him uh, just kind of wide open over the middle and uh, being able to run after the catch. So, if he's getting, the, you know, that kind of... Uh, you know, play into his repertoire. I think uh, I think I might have to go with uh, George Pickens. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have much of him in uh, in best ball. He he got steamed, uh, kind of like always slightly above where I uh, was kind of ranking him. But uh, but yeah, he's looking like a great pick and uh, a great player. Yeah, have some have some of both of these guys. But I have to say, Pickens obviously part of this was when Johnson was out. But he's had a couple of really good games over the last you know five weeks, crossing a uh, hundred yards and three of those out of the last five. He's got two touchdowns in that time. The other thing, though, I, I know I keep mentioning this about the, the depth of target and the length of receptions, but you know, on the season, 71-yard reception against the Cleveland Browns, but he has a 32-yard, then 41-yard, then 31-yard. So they are, Pickett is able to, whether they're deep shots, whether they're working it underneath, they are able to get him those yards. And a lot of those, you know, when it gets into contested catch situations, that he looks really impressive. I feel like maybe the time with him as the sole wide receiver one on the team may have maybe given him a little bit more confidence and this is like a this is really like you know making a narrative you know in terms of how things are going but obviously when they they got the deep touchdown a couple of weeks ago where they changed the play at the line he catches the touchdown they have a play set up very very similar in this one but it leads to a timeout being called before they get the play and you could see his visible frustration that they didn't get to do the play because i would imagine it was another go ball and i would imagine at this point he has enough he, he's confident in himself that it's going to be a play that he can make so i'm intrigued to see if these guys stay 1a and 1b the rest of the way or if pickens can push to be the the wide receiver one between the two because uh, johnson is tremendously talented as well 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Well, I know from personal experience and currently using the BetterHelp service that I put off starting therapy for many years until early 2023 when I started therapy with BetterHelp. And for a long, long time, I didn't know all the things that were holding me back subconsciously, consciously. But with my therapist, I've been able to come up with positive coping skills and being able to understand why I felt the way I did about certain things, certain situations, helping me to understand, accept, and enhance my life and my day-to-day experiences. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I was matched with my therapist. We clicked straight away and we've got on fantastically. But if there's any reason you'd want to switch therapists, you can do so anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash rotoviz. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving into the second game that you know we're talking about spectacular catches. The spectacular catch in the Seahawks game for anyone wondering JSN's touchdown, although I was very pleased to see him get in the end zone, get his 63 yards, four receptions in the touchdown. It's Jake Bobo with his reception, 31-yard touchdown into the corner of the end zone. I have watched this multiple times. I do not know how he caught the ball with one hand or how he got both feet in with the kind of width of a postage stamp to do it. <laughs> this is the play that has already beaten out Puka's catch. Yeah, I mean, it it, it truly is baffling. Yeah, folks uh, haven't seen it. You definitely need to uh, to search for the grab. Um, I mean, the whole route was amazing too. I mean, uh, I kind of, you know, was looking back and I mean, he, you know, shimmy the guy got the separation, um, but yeah, it was like compressed field. Uh, he had a defender uh, still right on his hip pocket, a safety coming over, um, man. And yeah, just one-handed uh, snuck both toes in. Um, 
yeah, he's, I mean, he's a problem uh, for uh, some of us who have drafted uh, some Seattle uh, wide receivers. Uh, obviously, Lockett uh, has been playing well. Uh, you know, Metcalf mostly kind of touchdown deodorant, but it's been uh, kind of chugging along a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I definitely had some um, choice words for Pete Carroll and uh, JSN slow start, but I mean, it's hard to argue when uh, Jake Bobo is making the plays like this. Um, he, he looked good all game. Uh, this play certainly was the kind of culmination of that. Yeah, and I, I mentioned, you know, with some of these, like a Quentin Johnson, which is obviously has been much worse of a situation than we we're having with JSN. But when there is some other players making plays, you can see why they're trying to be factored in. But the other thing I have to say with JSN over the last couple of weeks is he has been added and factored in more targets, more downfield looks. The theme of this week for me was downfield looks for wide receivers who don't get them. You know, I, we didn't mention it when we talked about the Baltimore Ravens, but Zay Jones was getting looked at downfield a number of times, a couple of deep completions, JSN getting looked at where. A couple of weeks ago, if it was one or two yards of the line of scrimmage, they weren't getting them. So we were seeing games where, you know, Zay Flowers in that instance was having like 10 receptions for 10 yards, almost like the Cal Alvin Kamara game a couple of weeks ago, but not to that extent. But it's nice to see the target profile of the wide receivers start to open up. But in this game, Jake Bobo gets the four for 61 on the touchdown. Last week it was two for 43. So it's nothing major, but is is there something there if he is is he somebody that people should be looking at as a potential thing here as we move forward with a, a rookie profile you know I, I mean i certainly in um you know kind of season-long redraft for this year i do think it's probably still too thin even for kind of the uh you know high stakes uh 20 roster spot uh leagues i mean he could be worth a, a late uh bench spot you know for a dollar or something but um but yeah i think in dynasty for sure i think he'd be a, a fun uh um, just kind of real cheap uh, pick up off the wire and see, um, you know, see what happens down the line. I think it, it probably would be uh, a couple years just as, you know, Lockett and Metcalf um, kind of age and churn. But yeah, Bobo certainly uh, seems to have a skill to have staying power in the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think if he's if he's in a dynasty league and somebody's picked him up, I think he's one of those players that you want to see what happens. But maybe somebody does want to just cash out at that point. So intriguing, but just one of those things, you know, to kind of put the, I think, a note and pencil in your your notepad for for all the older people out there you know that's what we used to do was write write things down on, on paper but uh yeah interesting a little bit the other part was you know disappointing day for Lockett four for 38 dk metcalf missed this one kenneth walker though 105 yards in the ground 26 carries i i continue to just be impressed with what he can do on some of these carries because there's not a huge amount of open space for him to move into so uh, another nice day that doesn't really blow up the box score for for Kenneth Walker. Cardinals was a, a tough watch. This was a this was an ugly game. It had a spectacular catch. <laughs> it had a touchdown for JSN. It didn't really have anything else. Yeah, it it, uh, it really was pretty ugly. I mean, yeah, Arizona's best play was Joshua Dobbs just screaming for his life. Uh, it seemed like he had a couple uh, decently uh, long runs where you just you know kind of seemed like a bat out of hell just <laughs> running whichever, whichever way he could uh, to get away from defenders um yeah I, I think the cardinals are um kind of coming back to earth after uh really some solid offensive performances uh the first few weeks of the year um yeah they, it's, they it's gonna be interesting to see if they if they do anything here with kyler like i didn't i didn't think we'd get to the point where they were thinking about him coming back now we're in a situation where it's likely he comes back i, I thought they probably would have held him out for the season if there wasn't something to play for so again if marty comes back in that really changes the dynamic completely of of what we're going to see here 
um, with the Cardinals moving forward. And I know I give like a weekly update on the tight end watch down there with uh, with the Cardinals. But we get six targets this week for Trey McBride, three for 29. Zach Ertz, four targets, three for 19. So it's ever so slowly maybe changing, but we're starting to see a little bit of Trey McBride, but absolutely nothing enough to get you excited about. It's just something that I I, I like to... Uh, to bring up from time yep. to time so I, I'm a, I'm a I, cer- I certainly <laughs> i uh i count myself in that club as well i certainly uh uh have have a lot of trey mcbride uh, i will say if there if there was like a points per hurdle league uh mcbride would have done really well this week he had a very nice uh, uh hurdle on a tight end screen so uh, pretty pretty uh exciting play there as well but yeah i'm not in any of those points per hurdle leagues <laughs> but the, the game is always changing maybe that'll come in in 2024 the Falcons and the Buccaneers, more interesting plays here, more spectacular plays. We had a Kyle Pitts kind of, we, we had it with B. John Robinson a couple of weeks ago. So maybe it's becoming a trend for the Falcons, kind of a behind the back grab on a kind of really poor throw, but I don't know how the ball stuck to his hand. That was Kyle Pitts, but he finishes three for 47, and that was including a 39 yard reception as well. So nice to see him have an explosive play, but kind of luck to him then on the last drive of the game where they go on to, to get the win really strange uh you know again usage just of a lot of their players drake london gets seven targets six receptions 54 yards this the biggest strangest part of this game was b john robinson one for three um and then nothing in the passing game seems like may have been a, a stomach issue or an illness so just very unfortunate for one of those ones where you have him in your lineup you have to play him he is active and just nothing much you could really do about that that meant Algier got 21 carries for just the 59 yards Desmond Ritter in this one an intriguing bizarre game 250 yards passing no touchdowns no interceptions 19 of 25 38 yards on the ground on six carries gets a rushing touchdown has three lost fumbles in the game the the Falcons continue to have these weird red zone issues, you know, where they're turning the ball over, they're making very poor mistakes. And this one as well, we also had a near turnover, which then led to a turnover, which was the Drake London catch and incredibly spectacular upside down, almost touchdown, almost touchback, ruled down at the one yard line because his fingers had kind of rubbed the white outside of the face. Like just a really bizarre play, but, uh, great effort by london but really could have ended up with a an injury a severe injury after it so thankfully it looks to be okay but ritter has a looks like another russian touchdown as he's about to go into the end zone and gets knocked out of his hand just as he crosses he kind of i think he thinks he's in the end zone he slows down a hustle play with the defender but really per ball management there by by ritter should have been in for another touchdown so this is a game then on the opposite side when i'm going into criticizing a lot of things the Buccaneers have a chance where they're kind of in the red zone. They can tie it up at 13-13, take it to overtime, or they can get a touchdown and try and win the game. Kind of mess about with a number of plays. They settle for the field goal, and then they get caught out on that last play, as I mentioned, on the long catch to Pitts, and, and the, the Falcons get the, the long field goal to win it. So per management, I think, from the Buccaneers not to, to get a win here or to at least give themselves a better chance to win. Per ball control skills from Desmond Ritter, but pretty good in some of the other areas of his game leads to the falcons now being four and three and win this game on the road a bizarre 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 game the other part i wanted to mention is we get mike evans you know gets a 40 yard touchdown but 
out of that then it's six for 82 and and one it's just it's there's not a lot happening here when we're watching these buccaneer games yeah agree yeah there's I, a uh, lot happening but there's not a lot happening if that makes sense yes yes for sure yeah i i uh am hesitant to admit it but uh, i'm a, a lifelong falcons fan uh, in uh, atlanta georgia so it's uh it's been a sad existence uh of late um dealing with the uh, arthur smith and not only what he does to our fantasy teams but also uh reality teams so i think i saw I think we're averaging just over 13 points a game the last five games. And like you said, somehow we're uh, four and three. Um, you know, I, I will say here, Atlanta did seem like the better team. Uh, like you said, we had just some really odd, fluky uh, fumbles right down near the goal line, uh, which, again, as a Falcons fan, I will say is not that uh, odd or surprising for uh, weird stuff to happen to us. But um, yeah, that uh, that sequence, yeah, of Drake London. I mean, I don't know how he even got close to getting to the pylon there. I mean, his head was, you know, uh, his feet were over his head, and he was like literally stretching <laughs> over his back, like with his arm, in order to reach toward the goal line. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty wild uh, athletic play. What there. he was trying to do is he was trying to get the number one crazy play of the week. That we would talk about it here, but it, yes, you know, it he was like number six at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I will say if you, you know, drafted any of those uh, guys in best ball, I, th- I think you're feeling good. I mean, the price was uh, just basement uh, low for uh, getting guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and even Baker Mayfield. Um, so uh, I did not do a ton of that. I uh, kind of wish I did. Um, but yeah, they, they do seem like kind of mediocre NFL offense uh, at best. Um, but, you know, enough production to uh, kind of get Evans and, and Godwin there on a weekly basis. A little bit of rapid fire now to dive into the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. We continue to, you know, the one thing we have to say every time we talk about the Commanders, is we love Sam Howell, but he continues to get sacked over and over and over and over again. This was another one where that was the case. The Giants coming into this game had the lowest sacks on the season. They had six in this season. Sam Howell is now heading towards a pace of almost 100 sacks on the season. So, He's taken a, a bit of a beating, but six six sacks, loses 52 yards in those. Has a lot of struggles in the first half here for the, the Commanders. They have no points at halftime. It is 14-0 to the Giants. It finishes 14-7, so no points in the second half for the Giants. Brian Robinson kind of saves his fantasy day with a touchdown. He didn't have a huge amount of production on the day, but nobody really did. Jahan Dodson continues to have some struggles, and I think this will possibly feel like a positive he had eight targets five receptions 33 yards so you know 9.3 ppr points but there is plays certainly left on the field including one at the end of the game where he drops it which you know they had a chance to to continue the drive there if if he catches that one terry mclaurin six for 90 mclaurin has looked steady all season it's going to be some games where we see bigger spikes and that's obviously going to be tied to what sam howell does still have the concerns around howell and the sacks and if that becomes a, an issue for the coaching staff there i'm sure it is something that's been talked about quite regularly but you know tyrod taylor 2792 for the giant side the one thing i will say about the giants is saquon barkley i mentioned last week that i, I didn't think that he would get back to 100 this season after coming back from his injury i thought he looked pretty close to 100 in this game in terms of the way he was able to shift and move it's just 77 rushing yards 21 attempts for him that way but he gets three for 41 and a touchdown in the air so i think he's looking pretty good the other player that really impressed me in this was jalen hyatt only two receptions five targets but 75 yards and including a really impressive uh, 42 yard catch almost at a deep touchdown grab in this one 
yeah, Darren Waller in the end zone. That was a a big a big kind of cheer for the team. That I think that was their first touchdown at home this season, and it might have been their first touchdown since September. So Saquon got in after that, but the Giants fans seem pretty happy with that. With that outcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they uh, they they certainly should be. Uh, it's been a rough go for the Giants. Um, yeah, and I mean their offense looked pretty uh, pretty competent today. Uh, it's hard to know uh, how much of that is the Tyrod Taylor versus Daniel Jones uh, effect. Um, I do think it just seemed like whenever Jones was in there earlier in the season that I mean the offensive line was just really struggling uh, to uh, to protect him and keep the offense going. So they seem to do a better job uh, this week with Tyrod. The the one note I did have with Tyrod in the early in the game, I I, I thought this and it continued throughout. He he was trying to push the ball downfield, and I don't think we get that with Jones as much. I think Taylor was kind of giving his wide receiver some opportunities to make plays that maybe we don't get with Jones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Um, but yeah, it was really nice to see uh, Hyatt uh, out there. He was running a lot of routes. Uh, I think he had the third most routes uh, on the Giants uh, today. Um, he looked good. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, he had that you know end zone grab that he uh, barely missed. He had a few other you know kind of down the sideline uh, plays that were pretty close as well. Um, I think one of them, Tyra, had kind of thrown him out of bounds. But uh, but yeah, he looked good. And uh, you know, Coleman got a little bit of uh, bad manners here, I guess. But it's National uh, Tight End Day, which yesterday, and I feel like we didn't uh, bring it up or mention it uh and uh wrote of his big uh big tight end um elite tight end drafters um but yeah Wall- waller uh, a big day um i think he's had we two, really uh, missed that on the intro to the first show when we talked about elite tight ends we we should have brought up the yes, elite tight end day. yes yes we should have um but yes happy uh national tight end day to uh to everybody but uh but waller certainly uh, joined that bunch uh, at least for today so um he he had a very uh, strong performance uh, with that touchdown I'm going to just say that the Packers and the Broncos game as a Packers fan was an ugly watch. I'm sure for anyone who wasn't a Packers or Broncos fan or wasn't looking to watch it to kind of review the game or to have notes on it, probably didn't want to watch this game. An ugly game all around. Uh, My note is that the Packers got two of the flukiest touchdowns that I've ever seen. So people will look at the box score and they'll see 180 yards, two touchdowns and one interception for Jordan Love and be like, well, he, no, two touchdowns, but particularly the second one was as lucky as as i think you're ever going to see throwing to dobbs to flex off dobbs goes to Jaden reed um really bizarre fourth down play um a lot of emotions on that play from well it's a touchdown to oh it's a bad throw to oh it's a, a reception for a touchdown the game's not over yet but the game was technically over because the packers could not <laughs> continue to get any more points uh, after that point the broncos winning 19 to 7 uh, something I didn't expect to see in the box score this week was two targets to AJ Dillon for two receptions and 34 yards, which would lead the Green Bay Packers in yardage from receptions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming into this game, my uh, my notes uh, up until the fourth quarter, as I was going to have to disabstain and let you cover uh, this game, uh, or else you might kick me off the show for talking too bad about your Green Bay Packers. Uh, it it didn't look good. Um, yeah, I think I think that uh, stat really encapsulates it. I mean, AJ Dillon was the best player on the Packers yesterday, which is never a good uh, good thing. Yeah, we had Dobbs two for thirty and a touchdown. Christian Watson three for twenty seven. Did go out for an injury for a bit in this, so we'll see if there's any updates on that as the the rest of the week goes forward here. Um, Aaron Jones not involved really at all. Had five targets, three receptions, twenty two yards, but. Eight for 35 on the ground. AJ Dillon led the way in the running backs as well, 15 for 61. So, yeah, a, a lot of, uh, I'm sure, disappointed fantasy managers out there with some of the running back performances this week, the likes of Jones, the likes of Austin Eckler. 
some teams that would have been projected to have very successful weeks may have struggled to try and get through that week the other one i'll mention is i've mentioned players looking pretty good javante williams again had a, a touchdown taken back in this for a holding penalty early in the game he had 15 for 82 on the ground he had four targets three receptions 14 in the air we also p ryan with three receptions for 31 uh Jaleed mclaughlin one for one on two targets in the air and then it was a 15 to 5 split in terms of mclaughlin and williams so williams getting a little bit more of the usage in the backfield from carry's perspective as well mclaughlin continued to look pretty good it was five for 45 so he, he's moving sharply there but i, I do think javante coming back from his injury is really starting to and obviously had a second injury a couple of weeks ago but there's some of his plays where I'm, I'm really impressed with the the way he's moving his athleticism and i'm hoping that we start to see the likes of him the likes of stevenson start to have some big games here in the next couple of weeks is that something that you are feeling maybe in the you know stars here as we move forward what did you think of the mclaughlin williams kind of usage splits in this game am i being too optimistic still on on javante no, I don't think you are. Yeah, I had had uh, similar notes. Javante looked really good to me. Um, yeah, looks spry. Uh, you know, he had a TD uh, early on in the game that was uh, wiped out due to a, a holding call that was uh, was pretty painful. Um, I'm uh, not an offensive line expert, but it seemed to me like the offensive lineman just demolished the the D lineman and uh, somehow got called for holding. So. One of those ones where it's like I would say it's pretty close to being a pancake block, which is what you want to do, and yep. it was called a hold. I can see it's a very technical call, which I think other days will not be called. And that again yeah. is the consistency of officiating. But yeah, so hopefully we yeah, he, see Javante bounce up here. Yeah, he he certainly looked really good. I uh, you know you kind of had mentioned Ramondre as well. Ramondre as well. You know, I probably have a little more of a light on for Javante versus Ramondre. Uh, kind of a mouthful to say those two together. But um, yeah, Javante just you know seems to to look a little better to me. Uh, just uh, you know kind of eye test. Uh, I also. You know the Broncos have not been uh, not by any means, but I do have a little bit of optimism that uh, Wilson can uh, and Sean Payton can keep that uh, ship moving and be useful for fantasy. Um, I think the big question out of this game is whether Devontae's increased usage was from the the game script and them uh, being ahead, or if he truly is kind of um, now separated from uh, McLaughlin and Piran because because all those backs look good. I mean, they have uh, a good running game uh, with good running backs. Uh, it's just a little frustrating for it to be split three ways. Yeah, it's going to be something to watch. The final one we're going to hit on is split multiple ways as well in both of these backfields. We had Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries, Zach Moss, 18 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor, 57 yards for Zach Moss. And both of those guys having 20-plus yard runs as their longest 24 for Taylor, 21 for Moss. So the run game here for the Colts was, was pretty solid. And this one, we get Jonathan Taylor then three for 45 on four targets, Zach Moss two targets, one for five big talking points coming out of this game though you mentioned Gardner Minshew earlier he has 305 passing yards two touchdowns one interception he also has three for 29 two touchdowns on the ground so anyone who slotted him in because of bye weeks or you know, maybe it's a season-long team that somebody has Richardson who's going to be missing now this was a I'm sure very much appreciated but it's 38 to the Colts 39 to the Browns in a weird weird game with lots of points this game seemed to go on for six hours i was joking with you before we started recording that i think some of the you know late slate games were almost at halftime when this game ended the browns are four and two on the season which i i find astonishing their defense is amazing their offense is not as amazing but they put up 39 points here the colts now three and four 
my takeaway coming out of it from the Colts side though is you know John and Taylor looks good I think they're still going to split it up a little bit here to, to keep him fresher but Josh Downs has six targets five receptions 125 yards one touchdown one of those on a you know kind of free play where the defense comes offside when she takes a shot down the sideline Josh Downs is on a kind of a broken play in coverage goes to the end zone but Sean has talked a lot about Josh Downs being potentially you know a cheaper version of Zay Flowers and downs is starting to really get integrated into this offense particularly with Minshew in there has looked very impressive and we had michael Pittman saving his fantasy day i mentioned that one of my main matches this week uh looked like it was going good because we had michael Pittman as an opposition he had two yard or two reset or one reception sorry at that point for the eight yards he gets a second reception for a 75 yard touchdown which really <laughs> changed things up uh but impressive athletic play from him per defensively but josh downs looking very impressive on the other side you know jerome ford and kareem hunter splitting their work but kareem hunt gets two rushing touchdowns we get one rushing touchdown for ford the one thing i have to say in this game is i just have to mention the reason the browns are four and two is because they have the best defensive player in the entire nfl and miles garrett he just he was ruining this game at times you know he had sacks he had a blocked field goal where he jumped over the the line just completely jumped over the line uh blocked the field goal he had a forced fumble for a touchdown just pretty much the reason that the browns won this game is, is my scared he just looks incredible and uh, the other note on it is deshaun watson obviously came out of this game looked like at the time i thought it might have been to get a you know for a concussion was checked for a concussion was cleared that wasn't an issue he should have thrown a really bad interception which turned out to be a really bad drop by the defensive back on a play that you know i think 99 times out of 100 would be an interception was off on that play and then is replaced for the the rest of the game in a situation where pj walker is in there and and you know he goes 15 for 32 for 178 and an interception it's not that he's having a, a great game and they're leaving them in there so kevin stefanski after the game mentioned obviously trying to protect the quarterback protect kind of his players i think if it's a situation where like deshaun watson doesn't have a concussion but maybe again the defense and and long-term health is very very important obviously in these situations this felt to me a bit like a benching and the way they were handling his shoulder injury for the last couple of weeks of him potentially coming in or is he going to train is he not you know they've given him a fully guaranteed contract they're in a really bad situation deshaun watson is in my opinion a, a really really poor nfl level quarterback and when you're in a situation where you're you're happy to go with pj walker when the game is on the line i, I don't know what to make of this brown's offensive situation yeah i agree i think uh yeah i think deshaun uh watson and you know anybody that's kind of invested in him is down uh down really bad because yeah the all the signs and signals just uh, are, are flashing red of uh, a very worrisome. Uh, it just seems like a, you know, um, maybe at least not publicly a uh, real bad relationship between uh, coach and um, player, but it just, none of the vibes are good uh, for sure. And uh, like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't look good. He seems like he still has the escapability um, and kind of, uh, you know, ability to try to create, uh, but then the throws uh, coming off of, um, you know him getting out of the pocket just uh just seemed very uh boneheaded and he doesn't seem to have the the zip that he's had in the past yeah no i i, I have no shares of sean watson in, in any format in any league but this is even probably worse than i thought but when with the situation coming back off the suspension last year 
he looked really bad down that stretch for the Browns. He's coming this year. He's looked really bad. If we hadn't seen the previous stuff that Deshaun Watson had done, I think this version of Deshaun Watson probably wouldn't be an NFL quarterback. And also they're saddled with the contract. So we'll see what it plays out. Maybe he does. There's a switch that gets turned on where he's back to what he was. But lots of concerns with him going forward. But the, the team's still getting the win. And they are going to be a tough out for offenses particularly this year facing that defense but i hadn't it on my kind of scorecard that they would put up almost 40 points in, the, in this particular <laughs> writing with yep. you know basically no quarterback play but any any notes though for you on the indianapolis side um yeah i i mean overall it was a fun game i mean minchie mania is uh is a true uh a true thing uh obviously he i don't know if he's a wizard or, or what uh what he does to make these games so uh wild and fun and to be able to score the way he does um i mean this is a defense i mean the defense still you know played great uh the browns uh but i mean they just shut down uh the san francisco 49ers last week and then uh you know you got uh indianapolis and uh, which kind of seems like a BT B squad uh, compared to uh, San Francisco. And uh, he made him look pretty good. He had a couple of fun uh, rushing touchdowns. Like I said, Josh Downs looks phenomenal. I think with Minshew at quarterback uh, the rest of the way, Downs is, um, yeah, just going to be a really great, uh, a great player to have uh, going forward. He'll get uh, targets. Um, they play fast. Um, they throw a lot. Um, so I think you have uh, um, a great asset there. Um, I will say, uh, my, uh, couple of weeks that I have with Sean, um, we, you know, happen to have Jerome Ford on both of them, which was great. Uh, we also had Cleveland defense on both of them. So, okay. uh, I know, I know last week you were talking about, uh, Sean and, uh, being at the Oracle of, uh, Delphi, but, uh, I don't know if he just knew the Cleveland, uh, any game was going to go off, but, uh, we were set up uh, pretty well for the, the 39 to 38, uh, barn burner. Wow. That would, that would be a pretty nice one. I think, uh, yeah. When you can get those defensive points, it, it really, you know there's weeks where you are like i never want to play in a league with a defense on it again but then all of a sudden that your defense puts up you know 20 plus points and you're like oh this is this is why i i like it but yeah also awesome stuff i've really enjoyed running through all the games we've kind of hit on hopefully the majority of the key points as we go through those games if you haven't had a chance yet to check out the monday episode we did record and we did talk about the other games including the kansas city game baltimore ravens philadelphia eagles so lots got into there as I mentioned, Eric Hove has joined me for these shows. Sean Siegel will be back for the recaps next week. I'm hoping he's traveling back over the weekend. We do have a show coming out this Friday where we talk about some fun topics and an evergreen show that we have previously recorded. So hopefully you will join us for that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get those shows once they are available. Eric, obviously I mentioned that you are on Twitter at Eric Hove too anything to any final words i want to say thank you to you for jumping on for these i've really enjoyed running through the games but any final thoughts on week seven anything you want to tell the listeners about um yeah i just uh i hope uh you know coming later in the fall and into uh next best ball season which uh, i know for some of us feels far away for others like me who have a sick best ball brain i'm already you know thinking about uh, next year uh certainly we'll have some uh, articles up on road of this um yeah, just thank you for uh, having me on. Definitely uh, humbling uh, to be asked. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, really, really enjoyed uh, going through the games with you. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, uh, really great time. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. As I mentioned, Eric, once more on Twitter, at Eric Hove 2 That is Eric with a K. It will be linked in today's show notes as well. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter, at Over to Marland. And as always, until we are back, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>